Faxi's musical podcast. Okay, here's an absolutely true story. On May 11th, 1991, I got my greasy little mitts and a pair of free tickets that I did not pay for to see a show that I only had a vague and moderate interest in seeing in the first place. It wasn't like I disliked the band. I mean, I kind of did. It's just that back then, whenever the radio station that I was working for had extra tickets or tickets that went unclaimed, they were offered to the rest of the staff. And on this particular day, I grabbed tickets to see Queensryche at the Bradley Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin for free. Why am I telling you this? Because that particular show was among three shows that were recorded and filmed for their 1991 live album, Operation Live Crime, a box set that included their 1988 album, Operation Mind Crime, played in its entirety. This was about a year after they released their Grammy-nominated hit album, Empire. The second reason I'm telling you this is that, in my opinion, Queensryche put on one of the greatest stadium rock shows that I had ever seen. And in keeping with my compulsive spending habits, I was in a record store the following day buying up as many Queensryche albums as I could possibly afford. I even bought the live set when it finally came out because I was pretty sure that I was able to hear myself screaming among the 20,000 people that were also there that night. It was an incredible performance from a band that was so much better than nearly 95% of the glam and hair metal bullshit that we were playing at the time. And I have since become a longtime fan. And I will die on that hill for the rest of my life. I also know that I'm not alone since Queensryche has sold over 22 million albums over the years. That's a lot of freaking albums. With great singles like I Don't Believe in Love, Eyes of a Stranger, Jet City Woman, and the monster hit Silent Lucidity. I think what I'm trying to tell you is that Queensryche was a great band then and they're still a great band now. My guest today is one of the band's founding members, guitarist Michael Wilton. Queensryche are back with a brand new album, their 16th album called Digital Noise Alliance. They're also back on the road, including a stop in Worcester at the Palladium on April 7th. And we're going to talk about all that stuff with Queensryche guitar player and co-founder Michael Wilton on Baxi's Musical Podcast. How are you? I'm doing good. Right. On the bus, traveling up the Pacific Coast. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm 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 glad I'm talking to you today because I I, I want to start off by telling you that I don't think I've ever done a bigger 180 on a band than I did on Queensryche about 32 years ago. Saw my first <laughs> saw my first Queensryche show in Milwaukee in 1991. And I went, you know, I went in, oh. I went in with like no real great expectations. But I have to tell you, by the end of the night, I, I remember saying to my girlfriend at the time, I've never seen a better arena show in front of twenty thousand people than I saw that night. It was amazing. Yes, those were the days, huh? Those, yeah, were, those. You know what? Those, yeah, those, those were the days. <laughs> Um, they, yeah, you know the the whole uh, Operation Mind Crime Empire days. Those are. Well, the whole industry was just cooking, right? You yeah. Know, and, you know, we recorded those shows and uh, live. Yeah, well, out, that's... You know, it's like awesome. Well, that's the thing. I was at the Milwaukee show. Uh, for the Operation Live Prime box set. And I've told people from for years 
that if you listen carefully, you can hear me yelling during Sweet Sister Mary, but you have to have the VHS player in order to hear me yelling. Ah, uh, yeah, you got to find a VHS player that works. Yep. <laughs> no, nobody believes me on that one, but I'm, that's the story I'm, I'm sticking with. Hey, I've, I've listened to the new record, Digital Noise Alliance. I think it is fantastic. Tell me about this new album. Yeah, this album came out of that crappy time, you know, the pandemic. And uh, we got together and decided to write another album. And, you know, this one, we had a meeting and said, let's, let's do something different. Let's, let's just improvise. Let's start from the ground up, you know, no old demos or anything like that. Let's build these songs from a guitar riff, from a bass riff, from a vocal melody or a drum riff, and just build them together, yeah. you know, everybody in the room. And that's, you know, kind of uh, what we did. You know, we uh, kind of, it's kind of uh, old school, right? You know, it's like back in the early 80s, <laughs> you know, Garmo and I would be in the room just showing each other riffs songs and, and with the other guys, you know, and, and, and the songs were built that way. Back then, you know, you had no cell phones, you had no internet, and we, at that time, you know, we couldn't afford a computer, so um, it was, uh, and that's how you did it, you yeah. know, the, the creative juices flow and the songs get built, so we kind of did that with this album, but, you know, just building the song, it worked great. It really did work great. And I think if any, you know, Queensryche fan, they're going to hear it and say, oh, yeah, it, that's, and that sounds like a band that hasn't missed a step. Wow. Well, thank you. You know, and, and it, when, you, when you get the energy flowing from, you know, everybody in the band, it's, it's the ideas just pop, yeah. you know. And it's up to the, uh, our producer, Zeus, to archive them and record them so we don't forget them because, you know, well, let's face it, we're at that age where uh, <laughs> ideas can and go and then they disappear into collective consciousness and it's like you know you can't remember what you did so but you know that's why we have the computers right that's, that's right you can't find your wallet your car keys what's how are you going to find a riff exactly so uh todd latori has been you know the lead singer of the band for the last 11 12 years or however long it's it's been i i know he's been a rejuvenating force for you guys tell me what he's brought to the table for queens right because i think it's i mean it's it's a pretty remarkable uh, he's a pretty remarkable talent. Yeah, he's uh, an amazing vocalist. Um, and, you know, with, with each album, you know, it, it's just been a great journey with him. Um, very talented guy. And he has a great voice. He, uh, and he, you know what? He's also a, an awesome drummer as well. Yeah. And, and he can play guitar, too. So he's, he's very uh, multi-talented. <laughs> Don't you hate guys like that? All the all that talent in the world. Yeah, I know. I can't play drums worth of crap, you know. So it's like, but you know, it's it's to that point. You know, he knows that sound. He cut his teeth on drums to the Warning album, mm -hmm. you know, 1984, listening to uh, Queensrÿche. So, you know, he was a perfect fit. You know, I have to ask you about Operation Mindcrime because I saw you guys perform it in its entirety, and it, you know, it was such a dramatic leap forward for you guys. I remember working at, at, at radio stations back then, you know, we're playing all the warrants and the wingers of, of the, of the age, but there was such a sophistication about Queensryche and especially with that album. When, when you guys are recording something like that and you know, it's still considered a masterpiece even to this day. Is there, I mean, is there, do you guys put a, do you put a lot of pressure on yourselves to try to, 
you know, create it to elevate to that level? And was it harder to even to, to have more success the next time out with Empire? Well, I tell you, you know, in those days we were trying to figure out being musicians and not rock stars, you know, where we were going to go. We like to use the, uh, the writing platform as something to be different and creative and, and uh, to do something different. So, yeah, I mean, Mind Crime was a conceptual album that, you know, when we recorded it, we had no idea how yeah. people were going to perceive it. You just have to believe in your music. And, um, you know, when it uh, took off, it was, you know, it was a little slow at first. And, and then, uh, you know, at that time in, in history, it was like MTV was playing rock videos and they started playing Eyes of a Stranger and... You know, all of a sudden we started doing videos and, and we just collided with, the, you know, the, the, the public <laughs> Yeah. and uh, and toured on it relentlessly. We toured with Metallica, Justice for All. We toured with so many bands. Beatrice always been known as a touring hard rock band. You know, we built our following just with years of, uh, you know, trudging through the uh, depths of touring and then we got to the point where, you know, we wanted to do something completely different. We did a 180 and we recorded, uh, you know, nothing conceptual. It was just songs, and that was the Empire album. You know, you know and that one just that one took off. You yeah. know, that one just it was it was big timing in the industry. You know, you, all the, the the record companies were really strong back then. They were nurturing the bands and supporting them and. People were buying CDs and records, and, and uh, so it was just a you know a really good time for us. And, and uh, you know we played the Grammys, we won the MTV Viewers Choice Award. I mean it was crazy. You yeah. know we were just a hard rock band, you know touring. You know and just all well, of a sudden, wham bam. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Well, I mean, I remember when Empire came out and listening to it for the first time and, you know, having already listened to a bunch of other you know, stuff before then, it was like, you know, it was like one great song after another. And then Silent Lucidity comes out, you know, at a time when, you know, the biggest hit on everyone's album was the was the ballad. But it's like, you know, right. it's like, you, know you didn't even have to know what the ballad was. You didn't have to know what Silent Lucidity was, but it was just such a powerful, well-played song. And it's just it's just amazing to me how you know you can go from releasing a masterpiece to releasing something with greater commercial potential and it freaking hits. I mean that is so rare in in any artistic venture to 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 outdo something that's already considered brilliant. Yeah, like I said, you know, that was it was great timing in the industry and you know, our songs just you know we did, I think, seven videos for the Empire album, and MTV was playing them, and, you know, it was a great time for uh, music, for everybody, you know. But, yeah, it was, like you said, you got to always have that ballad, right? Yeah, the, the whole experience, though, you know, of being thrust into this into the spotlight. I mean, obviously, you know, you're in a band, you're recording music, you're, I mean, you're in it, you know what you're getting yourselves into, but I don't think anybody expects the kind of success that you guys were having coming off of, of Empire. It had to be, in a way, overwhelming. And obviously, you know, with you guys, it did lead to some you know, tensions within the band. But how did you manage yourself through all of that? Yeah, I mean, it was 
it was a lot again. You know, we we were musicians. We weren't celebrities. You know, we weren't rock stars or anything like that. You know, with the fame comes you know a whole new set of uh, problems. So, I mean, you just we we took advantage of certain and weathered it and hoped for that the outcome was generally touring on those albums. We took a chance. I, I, I don't know how much you can talk about the whole Jeff Tate situation. I know it got very ugly and, and heated, but but what can you can you say about it? I mean, obviously you guys have you know clearly moved on and you're making records that are every bit as good as anything else you've ever done. But that moment got really pretty ugly. In 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 your view, what was the what were the, the, the biggest problems that, that caused that, that fracture? Oh, you know, I don't it, it was just the time uh creatively to move in a different direction. I think um, that's what it was. Um, people change, you know, I change, everybody changes after 30, 40 years of, of doing this. And, and uh, it's just a, a time when the direction of the band needed to change. You and uh, Eddie Jackson have held this thing together for an awful long time, 41 years. What, what keeps this whole thing going? I mean, what, Obviously, this is something you still love to do, but creatively, you know, what, what's inspiring you here to keep this thing going? Well, I mean, Eddie and I, we don't know anything else to do, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've, no, we've been doing this for so long, and, and like you said, we, we love what we do. And, you know, it, honestly, it's the fans. The fans support us. They love what we do. They want us to keep, you know, putting out albums. They want us to keep touring it's it's just a, a great situation that we're in. You know, this entity called Queensryche is, is, you know, it's on fire right now. <laughs> yeah, it is. The, the, uh, I told you, I was listening to the, the new record, and, and like I said, I don't think fans are going to be disappointed at all. I think Sick Death is great. The opening track in Extremist is awesome. The biggest surprise here for the in this record is the final track, the cover of Rebel Yell from Billy Idol. That was not something I would have... Expected. I mean, I know you guys have done covers before, but what made you choose that particular track? Well, <clears throat> our deal with the record company is that they always want a bonus track. So we figured, oh, you know, we've given live versions of other songs and acoustic versions of this song or that song. So we decided, why don't we do a cover tune? Every other band's doing cover tunes right now. So we had a couple options. We were first going to do a, a cult song, She um, Sells Sanctuary. That's a good one. And then we had uh, Rebel Yell, which uh, Todd's voice fit that song the best. And, uh, you know, we blasted that. And, and, you know, it was deemed to be a bonus track, right? But yeah. then the, the rec- record company, I guess, included it in the uh, in the album. <laughs> so then it's like, yeah, it's a, it was supposed to be a bonus track. Uh, Queensryche is coming through the Palladium in Boston on April 7th uh, after an inconvenient pandemic. It must be great to get back on the road and, and play live again in, in, in front of audiences. It, it's got to be a welcome change of pace for you guys. Oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, everybody's rebuilding. Uh, all the bands are. And it's kind of trying to get things back to the way it was like in 2018 and 2019. But it's, it's still kind of the Wild West out here, you know, and it's... <laughs> It's uh, it's hard it's hard for bands you know to you know make a living because it's everything is so damn expensive right now. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean we're we're hoping you know to, to find our place 
in this industry and just keep going as long as we can. But, um, you know, you're, you know, we're old school and, and, uh, we have our fan base. We love it. But, you know, we're in an age of TikTok and this app and this app and this app. And, you know, it's it's the days of uh, listening to an album from the beginning to the end are, are slowly fading away. But when you do it, the experience of listening to a record that that's really great, that makes it that softens the blow, even for even for old bastards like us. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. That's the way, you know, when we write an album, it's not just a bunch of songs thrown together. It's, you know, carefully placed songs that, that create a flow and an energy um, in the recording. And, you know, we we don't just write singles. We write albums. We're, yeah. we're very old school, and we, we've been doing it that way, you know, since the beginning. Well, Michael, I know I don't have you for very long, but I appreciate the time that you gave me. Again, the, the name of the album is Digital Noise Alliance, and again, the Palladium in Boston on April 7th. It's a real pleasure to talk to you, Michael. Thank you very much for the time. Yep, thanks for supporting the Reich, and uh, <laughs> thanks for supporting live music. Absolutely. Thank you, Michael. Uh, okay, bye. Take care. The name of the new Reich album is Digital Noise Alliance. They're going to be at the Palladium in Worcester, Massachusetts on April 7th. Thanks for listening. I hope you liked it. If you did, feel free to review it, share it, like it, tell all your friends about it. You can reach me at BaxAtRock102.com. I'd love to know what you think. And thanks again for listening to Baxi's Musical Podcast.